you are healing and we're healing right now and here. And we give God thanks for what he's doing. I know you'll put your prayer, com- prayer request in our commentary, whether you're on our app or watching us on Facebook or YouTube. But we thank you. We stretch our hands towards you. And let's lift our hands, saints of God, in the presence of the Lord as we invoke his name upon this service. Father, we thank you. You have invited. You are already here. We feel your experience, your power, your glory, her anointing. And so, God, as you did it before, do it again, God. God, we wet the dew. We wet the dew three times. We fill our trenches. Hallelujah. And the God that answers by fire, he shall be God. We thank you for what you're doing right now. We thank you for what is about to become of this church. We are coming from and we're going to, to our destination, to our divine encounter. We thank you for what is to be done. Bless those who need a healing. Touch and deliver those who are not present here and those who are here. We believe God to do great things in the midst of us. We put our hands together. Let's worship the Lord, saints of God, by the clapping of our hands and by the opening of our mouths. Let's give our praise unto our God in Jesus' name. My deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, he is my shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation. He's my high tower. Ah, ah. He's my high tower. We'll call on the name of the Lord. Who is worthy to be praised? I will call on the name of Who is worthy to be praised? I will call on the name of the Lord. Who is worthy to be praised? I will call on the name of the Lord. Who is worthy to be praised? I will call, I will call on the name of the Lord. 
who is worthy to be praised. I will call on the name of the Lord. Who is worthy to be praised? Who is I will call on the name. I will call on the name of the Lord. Who is worthy to be praised? Who is worthy to be praised? I will call, I will call on the name of the Lord. Who is worthy to be praised? Who is worthy to be praised? I will call on the name of the Lord. Who is worthy to be praised? I will call. I will call on the name of the Lord. Somebody call on his name this morning. Who is worthy to I will be call praised? on the name. I will call on the name of the Lord. Who is worthy to be praised? Who is worthy to be I will call on the name. I will call on the name of the Lord. Who is worthy to be praised? Who is worthy Break it up to say, be praised? I will call. I will call on the name of the Lord. Who is worthy to be praised? Who is worthy to I be praised? I will call on the name. I will call on the name of the Lord. Who is worthy to be praised? Who is worthy to I be praised? I will call on the name. I will call on the name of the Lord. Who is worthy Woo! to be praised? Who is worthy to be praised? I will call on the name. I will call on the name of the Lord. Who is worthy to be praised? Who is worthy to be I will call on the name. I will call on the name of the Lord. I will call. I will call on the name of the Lord. I will call. I will call on the name of the Lord. I will call on the name of the Lord. I will call on the name. I will call on the name of the Lord. Who is worthy? I will call on the name of the Lord. I will call. I will call on the name of the Lord. I will call on the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Now somebody call on his name. Somebody call on his name in this place. Somebody call on his name. Who is worthy to be praised? Somebody, if you got a dance in you, somebody let it out right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless your name. Say, I call, I will call on the name of the Lord. I will call on the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Say, I call, I will call on the name of the Lord. Yes, Lord. He responds to that. Oh, he responds to that. When we call on his name, I call. I will call on the name of the Lord. King Jesus, my Savior. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. See, I call. I will call on the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, Lord. See, I call, I will call on the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. The only name that matters, I will call on the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. See, I call, I will call on the name of the Lord. Everybody put your hands We can praise, we can praise, 
continue to worship him hallelujah we want jesus to be the center hallelujah hallelujah that in this place can we just lift our hands can we just begin to worship him hallelujah Jesus we want you to be the center Jesus sing Jesus be the center of Jesus be the center of my life Jesus be the center of my life sing from beginning to the end
say from my heart, from my heart to the heavens, Jesus, 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 it's all about you. Just the congregation, can we sing it all together? My heart to the heavens, Jesus be the center, Amen. We 
have all right to praise them. And this is why I joined the scripture when he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation. Amen. When you know who you serve, you're going to worship him with all your heart and with all your mind, because he has made us glad this morning. Amen. And we're here this morning to praise him, because indeed he's worthy to be praised. So, so honored to have you here this morning. Continue to worship the Lord. Continue to come in the house of God whenever the doors are open. Amen. No better place to be on a Sunday morning to praise God than and to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. So so honored to have everyone here this morning to praise God. And so glad to be here to worship and magnify the Lord. Amen. 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 Everybody say it's offering time. Come on, one more time. It's offering time. Amen. Praise God. This is another part of the service where we get our blessing. Amen. Amen. And don't forget, for those of us that are uh, make your commitment to a REACH program, amen. Don't forget, if you make your pledges, try your best to fulfill your pledge. Amen. If you have a little extra that you want to put into for you for our REACH program, amen, feel free to do so. You can pay in line to www.myccc.faith. You can go to Cash App, the dollar sign, CCC2711, and at PayPal at Christ Center Church. So those are the way, and if you're here, and you want to pay electronically, you can see Sister Jordan, Brother Jordan, Sister Patrice. I meant to say, Sister, I mean, I meant, I didn't see him, so I want to say Sister Patrice. Amen. But little Jordan, you can see little Jordan over there. Amen. Praise God. Amen. It will take electronic payment. We're going to invite you all to stand with us this morning. Amen. As we continue to worship the Lord this morning. Father God. Hallelujah. Bow your heads with us if you can. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence that we already felt in this place, O God. We ask you to continue to bless the remaining portion of the service. As we're about to receive this morning offering, we ask you a blessing upon every giver. Oh God, make a way that they too can be, oh God, receive your blessing, Lord God. We look to you as we continue to worship you, Lord. Have your way this morning as we say thanks for your many blessings. In Jesus' name.
Come on, give the Lord some praise. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Listen, I am so glad to be in the house of the Lord. I don't know about some of you, but before I came to know Jesus and I got saved, I used to go to parties. I used to have a good time. I danced, I drank, I even smoked before it was legal. And that's what we did at those parties. And the way how we danced at those parties, ain't like how y'all dance. But God delivered me from that. And God brought me into the church. And now this is how I party. And ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party, because the Holy Ghost party don't stop. When you have the Spirit of God in you, you have the Holy Ghost, and that's a party always. And you don't have to do anything extra. You just got to trust the Lord to have his way. Ah, hallelujah. So glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning. We had a powerful service in our 9 a.m. service. I mean, powerful. Amen. God spoke to our heart. There were some things that God did in our 9 a.m. service. And now here at our 1030 service, believe me, God is getting ready to do something for you before you leave. You might have felt it already. But before you walk out these doors today, you will know God had done something in me. He has touched my life. He has spoken to me. And I have something that I can go and do because of what God has said to me. Amen. We had a great men's meeting, a, a men's retreat, I should say, over the weekend, and we just had a wonderful time, just men being together and uh, just and just experiencing the presence of God and great fellowship and great preaching and just a wonderful time we had in Bloomingdale, New Jersey. Never been to Bloomingdale, but drove all the way up to Bloomingdale yesterday, uh, well, Friday, and we had a good time Friday and Saturday and came home. And uh, we thank God for that. Whenever we're doing anything, try to make it. We're trying to help you be the best Christian you can be. So everything that we do is for you to be the best Christian you can be, for you to have the closest relationship you can have with the Lord Jesus, and for you to be prepared to one day spend eternity with him. Amen. So that's why we do things. We're not just doing it just to say we did this. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we have some guests with us this morning. And we want to greet them before um, we get the preacher up to minister to you. Amen. Josiah, that was outstanding. Thank you so very much. Amen. We've just had a great time, and we thank God for it. So we have some guests with us, and we want to greet them in Jesus' name. Derek. Derek Bardish. <laughs> Derek. Derek. We got to claim Derek. Derek just looked like he's a part of this church already. He walked in. He walked in with his chest stuck out. I'm in church. And, and then and then, then I asked Josh, you know, I said, Josh, how did Derek get here? I invited him. <laughs> I invited him. I'm like, all right, all right. But Derek came in like, you know, he knew this place and he'd been here before. We welcome you to Christ Center Church, Derek. Mara Holberg. Mara. Amen. Mara. God bless you. Well, on your, well, you said Josh invited you, huh? Oh, he did. Go ahead, Josh. Go, just go ahead. If you go ahead, Josh. It's okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. We welcome you, Mara. Thank you so much for being here this morning. And Allison, Allison, 
Caruso. Nice to have you, Allison. We're so glad that you came to be with us this morning. We welcome you all to Christ-Centered Church. Amen. If you see anything a little different, don't worry. This is, if you ever get a chance, I'm giving you homework, all three of you. I'm not sure if you've ever been into a Pentecostal church before. But if you're not sure about what's going on, you go ahead and read where the church got started in the Bible. The church was started in the book of Acts. And if you start reading in the book of Acts, you'll see we're right where we belong. And we're doing everything they did back then. We're not doing our own thing, but we're doing a God thing. And what you feel and what you're seeing and what you're experiencing is all about the Lord Jesus Christ. And guess what? You have the freedom and the liberty to shout, to run, to sing, to dance. And God is going to speak to your heart by his word. And so we're just having a good time. And we thank God for bringing us into his church and for allowing us to be here together this morning. Well, it's time for the preaching of the word. And if you'll stand with me, we're going to have the preacher to come up in a second. But I want to say this, as I said at the, um, early, er, at the service earlier, I did not know Pastor Ryan um, Vanderford until Friday evening. I met him in person. We text back and forth and didn't know a whole lot about him. Brother Travis Carter was the one that introduced me to him. And now I'm just going to call him my friend and make sure he's part of this church so, you know, we can call on him so we get him back up here at another time. Amen. Pastors don't like to leave their congregation, and so him and I talked about that yesterday, that we try not to leave the church, and even when we go, we try to come right back and all of those things, and so he's not one to want to go out all the time, but we have him this weekend, and we're so grateful, and so I believe God sent him here for us, for our district, and he ministered in the district uh, for the past couple of days, and now he's ministering in Christ Center Church. He has a word from the Lord for each and every one of you and for this church, so welcome Pastor Ryan Vanderford to this pulpit this morning in Jesus' name. Love you. Praise the Lord, everybody. It is so good uh, to be in the house of the Lord and to be with you. And uh, things are, somebody asked me if uh, things were different here in New Jersey than Mississippi. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. I come from the land of fried chicken and barbecue, and up y'all got cannolis and pizza. And <laughs> hey, I'm at home either place. So when I got off the airplane, my first meal was a cannoli. So I was, I felt, I felt I was in the will of God. And uh, all, all the, the culture, the activity, the excitement of what God's doing here, it's. An exciting thing, and I, I do hope there's another chance uh, to be back with you in the future. Uh, I have a wonderful wife uh, that m- helps me preach shorter, so if I get to come back, you know, uh, she she helps me. And uh, three wonderful kids, and uh, I wish they could be a part of today, but so thankful for the hospitality and everything that's taken place. And uh, I think you said Josiah. It's been a while since I've heard somebody play the saxophone, and it's been a while since I've heard somebody preach through an instrument like you did, like this. Praise singers, just phenomenal. Just, It's easy to have liberty, and uh, I made sure to, Brother Wyatt, thank you for the room and food and everything. Thank you for the uh, the friendship, and I believe God's going to, 
just help us get a little closer together. I'm excited to see what hap- is happening in your church. And uh, I know you have two services, and they usually go in line, but I just kept feeling a tug. And so if you got your Bible, Psalms 137, um, the first service, I preached about divine directions. And uh, I, if I can summarize that for you, God wants you to go from where you are now to where he's calling you to. Um, but I, I just felt uh, just to kind of lay a little foundation of revelation for somebody. And I know there are those in this room that understand what I'm going to preach today. But I feel like there's somebody in this room, this is a pivotal moment for you in this service. Psalms 137, by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down, yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof, for there they that carried us away captive required of us a song, and they that wasted of us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. Translation, here they are moving uh, into bondage, and they're going through a season of mourning, and the enemy's like, hey, sing us something from the good days. And they responded, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? And to help the Lord, and I'll give you a little explanation in a minute, I, I just want to preach to you on this thought, seasonal worship. Seasonal worship. Lord, thank you for what we feel. Thank you for who's here right now. God, you understand who is in need of this word for this right now moment. And I pray, God, that faith would come by the hearing of your word today. And I pray, God, for a liberty and worship in the next few moments. We give you praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. Let everybody say amen. And you may be seated. To be honest, my title today came from an experience just uh, a month or so ago when uh, I don't know how many has kids and has more than one kid and your house starts filling up with all kind of stuff when you have kids. Uh, you start running out of room and clothes are at an abundance and you know, coming out of uh, winter, uh, I know y'all have a real winter, we don't. We don't have a real winter, but we call it winter. It gets cold when there's a chance of snow, it shuts down, that kind of winter, you know. And uh, so it's time for the coats and the sweaters. We're past all of that mode, and we needed to make room. So I went and bought one of those uh, temporary wardrobes to put in our attic so that we could take all the coats and all the sweaters and all the stuff and open up some room in the house, you know, and put it upstairs, and I think it's probably the first year we've done that, because uh, now I have a 16-year-old, 11-year-old, and a one-and-a-half-year-old, so my third child, it's new for us, you know, and so more stuff is just, it's just tripling everywhere, and and I started to understand there's this thing called seasonal wardrobe, I, I, I don't know what it's like, you know, just when it's cold, I put on something extra, you know, I don't have I don't know when you're supposed to wear white or when you put that up or when you don't wear that. You know, I just wear clothes, you know. And But everybody else in my house, they have things they only wear during different seasons. And so I'm taking all, you know, up and down the stairs into the attic and I'm putting it all up. And I'm like, okay, we don't need this for the season we're going to, you know. And, and I don't know if it happens around here. It may just be a Mississippi thing. And 
And I, I don't know if y'all have very many uh, uh, Walmarts close by, but at, at Walmart in the south, you can see some fun things, and it can be interesting. And uh, well, I just simplify it that way, you know. But but I love going into a store sometimes when there's somebody dressed not for the season they're in, but it, it's almost like they're dressing for the season that is to come. You know, like it's still cold and like there's sleet outside, but they got flip-flops on. And I'm like, we're not there yet, you know, like, or, you know, all of our young people in our church, like hoodies are a thing. And it's like a hundred degrees. And like, you got a hoodie on. I'm like, wrong season. You know, I don't change. I don't have a lot of seasonal wardrobes, but, but I don't. I'm not wearing a hoodie when it's hot, you know, like that's a that's a fall thing. That's a cold thing. That's a, I, but, but it's like they're dressing for the season they're going into, not the season that they're in, you know, because we have wardrobes for everything. We 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 determine how we're going to dress. Is, is, it, is it raining today? I'm going to wear a certain thing because it's raining today. Is it is it cold today? I'm going to wear a certain thing because it's cold today is it warm today well i'm gonna get to wear a certain thing because it is warm today we have wardrobes that are affected by seasons and in the south we can have all four seasons in one day you know y'all have them probably in their proper place but we just go all over the place you know we don't ever know what season is and you do change and stuff based off what the weatherman said this morning and you're always changing what you wear, how you present yourself by the season that you're in. And then when that season's over, you pack it all up because that's over. We don't, can't wear that anymore. We can't, we can't wear that hat or that sweater or that scarf anymore. It's hot now. We've got to put this up because, because now it's cold again. And, and we're constantly changing our wardrobe based off the season that we're in. I could pivot for a moment, some of us have now applied that to worship. Some people in the generation, I know they're probably not here today. I'm probably not preaching to anybody in the house. I'm probably preaching to Hope Chapel at home today. They'll watch, they'll find this later trying to figure out where I am. And I'm preaching to them today. Some people adjust their worship based off the season they're in. Well, you know, I... Things don't look good today. Things are cloudy today. I don't feel good today. Then I'm just I'm going to hang my worship up today. I, things look like it's stormy today. Things are a little frigid today. Things are a little locked up today. I'm going to put my prayer back over here today and my praise back over here today because I just don't feel like that's appropriate for the season that I'm in. We go to the doctor and he gives us a bad report. We go to the bank and it's red and don't things don't look good and we overextended ourselves over the weekend and so I really don't feel like pray you know I don't know if you've been around the church for a while but growing up we had a song well I feel like praising pray and that's the problem and I hate to mess with the song but praise and worship ain't based off of feeling <laughs> when we base it off of feeling it becomes a seasonal thing there are times that I do 
feel like praising him. And there are times that I do feel like shouting. And there are times that I feel like dancing. And I am thankful for the feeling that comes in the course of praise and worship. But the problem today is that we have made praise and worship more of an emotional feeling thing. So now it's become a seasonal thing. And when it becomes a seasonal thing, it's something we do and don't do based off of the season that we we are in or not in. Yeah, it may just be for one person or maybe I'm preaching to my home church today and don't know it. But our problem today is 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 simply that that when seasonal be- worship becomes seasonal, it's something we can put up or pull out based off of the season that we're in. Here's the problem, look. Who do we give praise and worship to? It's not for me. I'm not lifting myself up. Now, I get lifted up as I begin to praise and worship him. But it's him that I'm giving the praise and worship to. Well, the Bible says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He may be in every season. (laughs) We may see him and feel him in certain seasons more than we do in other seasons, but he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And because he is the same, we've got to understand that our worship has got to remain the same in every season. Worship is not a seasonal thing. In our, in our scripture text, here's what was taking place. This wonderful life that they had experienced in Jerusalem and this this thing of worship and liberty that they had. I mean, they played their harps. They had a choir. They would sing in the temple. They would shout and praise the Lord. All of it was over now. Circumstances had changed, and they were taken into captivity. And they were about to cross over the river. And when they crossed over that river, they knew that they were going to be enslaved for many years. They knew it. They had caught the revelation that not only was their present bad, but tomorrow didn't look good. They had been so fixated, you know, they're they're, they're losing things, and it seems like all hope is lost. So then they started talking to themselves. They had to have started talking to themselves. Because when they started talking to other people, it's what came out of their mouth. Because what gets in your heart is eventually going to come out of your mouth. What you let settle in your mind is going to find its way out of your mouth. So they had to have been talking to themselves as they're being led out of what they're calling the best season, and as they're going into a bad season, and they're going, well, you know, it's all over. I'm devastated. We've lost everything. We've lost our song. We might as well give up. We've lost our worship. We might as well just get rid of our instruments. They're becoming a weight. The thing that was giving them liberty, now they're saying, you know, it's not even use of taking it in to the next season. They identified their instruments of praise and worship. It was tied to a previous season. They didn't see any 
any use for it in the season that they were going into because they had tied their instruments of praise and worship to just a season of blessing and a season of provision and a season of liberty. So they tied their instruments of worship to the previous season and they couldn't see use for it in the season that they were going into. Their primary instrument was the harp and they said, we're never going to be able to sing again. So we should never be able to play again. And in their mind, they're going, we should just get rid of this thing. Why should we even try to do it where we're, where we're going? And they're very positive and delightful and peaceful and view of promise. Mindset begin to shift because seasons were changing. Can, can I just pivot here in this moment right now to say they're not even in the land of bondage yet and they're giving up. They haven't even experienced that season yet, and they're giving up before they're even going into the season. It just looks like things are going bad, and they're going, well, we shouldn't even praise him. We should just get rid of our instruments right now. They're not even walking in the land of bondage yet, and they're giving up their most important weapon of war. I want to remind every person here today that worship is a weapon, and the devil's desire is to make us more defensive than offensive. Lucifer used to be the armed angel of worship. He was over heaven's worship. He knows more about worship than anybody in this room including myself and he knows that if he can defeat us individually or as a church or as a people the only way that he can do it is to first defeat us in the arena of worship and Satan knows that your worship is a weapon and so he wants to get us so discouraged about things that we're going into that we lay down our worship because he knows that if we carry our worship into the season that we're going into that the season will never defeat us the first time the doctor said well i found something we're gonna have to do further tests we walk into church and go i don't know if i can do this i, I don't know if god is still with me the first time our, our kids get messed up in a way i don't know if they're ever going to turn back the first time there's a problem the first time there's a financial difficulty there's just a signal of something we may step into and we're going well i don't feel like praising him today i just don't feel like nothing good is about to happen and i don't know if i can i don't even know if it's i i know the singer's are singing and, and I know they're feeling it but I'm not feeling it because of what I'm going into because the enemy knows that if we become worshipers that just worship in every season, there's no season that can take away what God is doing. But if we will hang up our harp before we even step into the bad times, he knows that the season can destroy us. There, is, Hear me this morning. I feel just the, the unction of prophecy, right? There's somebody in this room, you feel like you're about to step into a season that would destroy you. That season's not going to destroy you. The only way that it will destroy you is if if you lay down your worship before you go in. But if you'll worship your way into the season, you'll worship your way out of the season. There is no devil in hell that can kill you. There is no drought that can destroy you. There is no storm, no crisis, no valley, no difficulty, no doctor's report, no financial situation that can destroy you if you worship your way in. 
you'll worship your way out. (laughs) One of the most powerful weapons that we have in our arsenal is worship. No wonder the devil wants you to hang your worship up. What did they hang it up on? A willow tree. A tree that just meant sorrowful. (laughs) They took their instrument of worship and built a memorial on a weeping tree. (laughs) Because it used to be good. But we might as well spend more time talking about how bad it is than how good God is. And these are the times that our faith is tested when we are transitioning seasons, whether or not we will hold on to our worship. The scripture tells us that we are a royal priesthood and things haven't changed. We are a chosen generation, a holy nation to show forth the praises of him that's called us out of darkness into this marvelous light. Notice the scripture says that we are priest and the word priest means bridge builder. God said, I have called you to build a bridge of worship from earth to heaven. We're going to show forth the praises of him that's called us out of darkness into this marvelous light. Worship is that avenue that shows God where we are and what's going on. It becomes the bridge that lets him roll in all of heaven's arsenal right to where we are. Satan was the worship leader in heaven but he was cast out because of rebellion and pride why because he tried to turn the attention to himself and when he turned the attention to himself he broke the the bridge and therefore the only way that you can build the bridge from heaven to earth and all that God wants to do in your life is through worship you've got to rebuild it what is worship all about it's not about you it's about him it's not about my season it's about who he is And when I build that bridge back, he can show up in every season that I'm in. And when I build that bridge, when we begin to worship, we move from the defensive to the offensive. We start invading the enemy's territory. When we begin to worship like Aaron did, he took the censer. And when the plague broke out over Israel, the Bible said that he ran and stood between the living and the dead. And he would swing that censer and that incense would burn up to the heavens and the plague stop. Psalm 68 verse 1 says, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. When we begin to praise and worship God, the next verse part says that God has gone up with a shout. And the way that God rises up in our defense is when you begin to praise and worship him, no matter what you're facing, he inhabits the praises of his people. But notice what happens when God arises enemies start running pastor you just don't understand what season I'm in when God arises enemies start being scattered you don't know what I'm facing right now you're right I don't know what you're facing right now but I know who he is and when God arises the enemy knows who he is and when God shows up everything can change two things happen when we begin to praise the Lord God rises enemies run the enemy runs from the worship of God's people and I think today we need to understand that's why worshipers are a special target for for the enemy when you worship God 
what you're doing is you're redeeming the thing that Satan's tried to steal from heaven. Satan was the worship leader. You become his replacement when you worship. When you begin to praise God, you are restoring and redeeming what Satan tried to mess up. And he hates to hear you worship. Worship is so much of a weapon that in Second Chronicles chapter 20, Jehoshaphat was about to fight a battle and he said, uh, where's the spears and where's the sword and where are the weapons? And the prophet said, thus saith the Lord, you're not going to fight with those weapons, but you're going to put the praise singers and the musicians out on the front line and worship is going to be your weapon. When you begin to praise God, praise becomes God's address. Well, you don't know what season I'm in, but I do know that praise becomes his address. Well, when I get out of this season, I'll praise him. No, that's not how it works. If you'll praise him in the season that you're in, God will show up in the season that you're in. God is not bound by what you're facing or what you're going through. So something I caught here just a few weeks ago when, when Joseph was there in Egypt and was a powerful man who had all the wealth and all the food and when the nation of the world was starving to death and his brothers came you've read the scripture, you know the story his brothers had done him wrong now they're face to face with him but they don't know it's him the scripture says he disguised himself and they did not know it was Joseph their brother but the Bible says something I've read over many times you know what made him reveal himself to his brothers he had all that they needed, and they didn't even know who he was. They were in a famine, and they had just come to get some scraps from his table. But you know what made him reveal himself? It wasn't need. He said, I want you to go back to your father, and I want you to bring his, your youngest son back with you. And the Bible said, suddenly one of the brothers named Judah stepped forward and said, oh, that would break my father's heart. If I had to get my younger brother and bring him to you to enslave, I, I tell you what, take me instead. And when Judah, which means praise, when Judah stepped forward, the Bible said that Joseph broke, went behind a curtain, and began to cry. He took his disguise off and came out and said, Hey, I'm Joseph, your brother. And if you really want to see who the king is, it's when you begin to worship. Because worship will always bring revelation. You will only see who God is in the season you're in when Judah, you allow Judah to step forward above everything else. Worship brings revelation. Worship brings revelation. No, no, that's not how we work. We want revelation so that we can worship. But when Judah stepped up, revelation was re showed up in their midst. Yeah. So from that point forward, go back and read it. Do a little Bible study for me. Break it all down. See if you find anything different. From that day forward, Judah and Benjamin were inseparable. They never were apart. Every time in the Old Testament, first Kings, when the kingdom split, Judah still stuck with Benjamin. According to Genesis 49, the prophecy over Benjamin was that he would be a warrior. 
And I have found there is always a divine connection between praisers and warriors. Because when you praise, you become a warrior. And you never separate yourself from that warring spirit. And it's in times like these that the Bible said in Psalms 50, praise Him in the sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. That seems backwards. It seems like praise should start in heaven and then it should show up in the earth. But God said, no, praise starts on the earth. And when you praise me and you remember that your body is the temple, your body is the sanctuary. When you praise me in the sanctuary, he said, I'll turn around and I'll begin to send my blessing. If nothing goes up, nothing comes down. If you don't release worship, miracles don't come down. Praise him in the sanctuary. Praise him in the season that you're in and he'll show up right where you are. Praise him here and he'll take care of the rest of the week. Praise him now in your heart and he'll take Take care of the rest of your life. When praise becomes foundational and it becomes something you do in every season, God responds to that. If you do a Bible study in the book of Ezekiel, you'll find that Ezekiel saw the throne of God. And when he saw the throne of God, he saw it on wheels. He said it had wheels. He said, I saw the throne and it was a mobile throne. He said it was like a wheel in the middle of the wheel. He said, I saw a flashing light. I saw living creatures. I saw all things unfolding upon himself. This is a prophetic vision. And he said, I saw the wheels turning on the throne as God was moving from earth to heaven. He said, the only thing human that I saw in all of this flashing and lightning glory was human hands. The tremendous power of God's presence was in our hands. When we begin to worship God, we get connected to a rolling throne. He gives us somewhere to praise Him. We have the house of God where we can come. But God is not bound to this place. He is not bound to a certain day. There is a moving throne that can show up. When we begin to lift our hands, all of heaven is now at our disposal. Yes, we can praise Him in the sanctuary. Why? Because now we are the sanctuary. We are the temple. That verse is not talking about this building. It's talking about this body. When I begin to praise him i have access to a moving throne so that's why we can praise him for his mighty acts and we can also praise him according to his excellent greatness we can praise him with the trumpet and praise him with the string instrument and praise him with the timbre on the dance and praise him on the high sounding cymbals well I, i'm not a musician well good he didn't stop there he said, if you got breath, you can praise Him. Well, Pastor, I don't feel like praising Him. Well, I, I've, looked, I've looked through the Bible and looked for verses to qualify or disqualify me from praise. And you know what I have not found in the book of Job is, because thou art tired, thou shalt withhold thy praise for when you are strong. I have not stumbled into the book of Psalms and said, Because thou art broke, thou shalt worship me when you are rich. I have not stumbled into the book of Isaiah and found any verse uh, that because I am low, that I don't lift up my eyes a little higher and look look for a king. I, I, I get to just settle with where I am. Matter of fact, I've not... No, hold on. I did find one verse. One verse. In all of the Bible, if you need a verse that say, Pastor, I just don't feel it today. 
found one verse that you can use to excuse yourself from praise. The Bible says, the dead praise not the Lord. I've gone from Genesis to Revelation. And the only verse I have found that has made praise a seasonal thing, and it really ain't even seasonal. I'm just praising him somewhere else. I'm just not down here on earth anymore. And then I'm on the streets of gold worshiping for eternity. But the only verse I have found that said if there's no longer breath, but as long as there's breath in my body, there should be a praise in my spirit. You can be tired and praise Him. You can be weak and praise Him. You can be broken and praise Him. You can be addicted to something and praise Him. You can be fighting a storm and praise Him. You can have sin in your life and praise Him. You can be going through marriage problems, children problems. You could be struggling with your ministry and still, why? Because you've got breath. And as long as you've got breath, you can worship Him in the season that you're in. And you've got access to a mobile throne. It's so easy to preach here, my Lord. So these people have been taken captive. They have become prisoners of war. And they hung up their harps. But here's the deal. Being a prisoner of war was a choice they made. Because they could have been prisoners of worship. They still could have been a POW. Because even when there's a hard time and a bad time, doesn't mean you have to hang up your harp. You've got a choice. It is a choice to close your mouth and not praise Him. It is a choice to not lift your hands and worship Him. Well, I'm in a strange land. Big deal. God still abides in strange lands and hard places. I know we've experienced some strange things the last few years. I've never seen anything like some of the things that we've going through. But it's during these times that the enemy's saying, hey, give up your worship. Lose your song. It ain't worth it. Hang up your harp. Nothing's going to get better. But I have come to remind the people of God that things are not getting worse for the people of God. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. Well, you don't understand what I've done. I understand what he's done. And when you begin to get worship him, you get revelation. You may not be taken out of your season, but you'll see God in your season. I, just before I walked up, I, I, I just typed out a note on top of my notes. that just said, remember the three Hebrew children. They made a choice facing difficulties to stand and worship. And you would have think because they did that, that, you know, because you stood, everything is going to be all right. Because you made a stand for me, seasons are changing. No more threat over your life. No, that's not what happened. They were talked about. Then they were bound up. And then they were thrown into the fire. But before they were thrown into the fire, they looked at the king who was trying to give them an out. And they said, hey, we don't know how this is going to turn out. We really don't know how the end of this season is going to be. God could deliver us from this. But the one thing that we do know, God is going to take 
care of us. I, I don't know what the outcome is going to be in the body, but I do know that God is not vacating the throne because of what man is doing here. So they are bound up. They're thrown into the fire. And the Bible says that the men that threw them in, that the fire was so hot that the men that threw them in died on the outside of the fire. I just love how God works. The people that were delivering them into the fiery season were killed in the process of putting them in there because God has a way of delivering us in the middle of the fire. That should be the end of the story. Or if you've been raised in church, we jump to the end of the story. But I I told the men at at men's retreat, my mind runs wild because something happened in between. Because the king who had just seen the men on the outside of the fire die started thinking and said, I should go go check on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Check on what? Why would you go look into a season that you've seen that season kill somebody on the outside? Because somewhere along the way, the king goes, you know what? Maybe I'm not in charge of all this. And the Bible says that when he looked in, he didn't see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego pouting, whining, or complaining that they were still alive but having to go through a fire. Have you ever met somebody that's still at church and they're going through a bad season, but you just, you know they're not happy to be at church. They're just mad about being in the season that they're in. I mean, God still woke them up this morning. God still gave them money to put in the gas tank this morning. God still had a roof over their head. God still provided mercy this morning. But they still complaining about how bad things are, even though God's been protecting them along. You don't know nobody like that. But I've met a few folks that get up, and if you don't hear it out of their mouth, you'll see it on Facebook, you know. And they just looking for somebody to like it and heart it and share it. That'll qualify them for complaining about the season that they're in. Why? Because it's easier for us to worship bad seasons than worship God in a good. It's easier for us to worship a bad season than worship a God in a bad season. But he looks in and they not pouting, they not complaining, they not moaning, they not going, why do we got to go through this? When's this going to be over? Oh, I'll be glad when it's not so hot. I'll be glad when things are better. When can we get out of here? No. What does the Bible said that he found them doing? The same thing they were doing before the fire, they were doing in the fire. Because worship's not seasonal. (laughs) But I love what the king saw. Because he said, wait a minute, didn't we throw in three? There's a fourth one in the fire. And his face looks like the Son of God. Does the Bible ever say that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego saw the fourth man? Nope. They were just worshiping in the season that we're in. But the people on the outside of the season saw God in the middle of the fire. 
There's sometimes we don't see them. And we're saying, God, when are you going to get us out of this? But if you'll worship in the season, there are people on the outside. How's he making it? Oh, God's in the middle of it with him. How's he getting through it? God's in the middle of it with him. How are they making it? God. But all Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are doing are. When we worship in the season, God will always show up. I, I, I need to wrap up. Paul and Silas, they, they didn't feel like it. It wasn't the atmosphere to do it or the hour to do it. But when you begin to sing and begin to praise, in the middle of a season, things start shaking and something can start turning. There had been stripes on their back and probably bruises on their body and chains on their hand but somewhere along the way Paul kind of looked around and said you know it's just a season it's just a season and God hadn't changed he probably wasn't even a good singer but he probably said you know what I don't feel like it but I'm just going to go ahead and prophesy to myself and say well I feel like praising praising I don't feel it but I'm going to prophesy over myself till I do. And he started singing and Silas started joining in. And the Bible said that things started shaking at the midnight hour. Oh, praise him. Praise him all day. I feel like praise him, praise him. Because sometimes you just got to prophesy over your feelings and say, you know what? Feeling, that's not truth. <laughs> that's just feeling. Truth is the Word of God. And God never leaves me nor forsakes me. He is the present help in time of trouble. I can hide under the shadow of the Almighty. He is that present help. And because I know truth, I can praise Him right now. I feel to tell somebody on this Sunday morning, don't hang up your heart and build a memorial out of what used to be. Go ahead and praise Him in this season. Because the praise that you give Him in this season is what's going to produce what you're walking into. You know how I told you at the beginning, I'm always curious about people I see who are dressing not like the season that they're in, but the season that they're going into. I wonder if there's anybody in this house that kind of wants to be that way. I always look at them going, you know, you stand out. You're different. It's cold outside and you're dressing like it's warm. You're acting like not the season that you're in, but the season that you're going into. I wonder what would happen next Sunday if somebody walked in and said, you know, I'm going to look a little ridiculous today. Because I've had a rough week, and it don't promote this. And they ain't even started singing yet. They hadn't even started. The, 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 the music hadn't even started. But I'm going to go ahead. Because I'm not dancing because of the season I'm in. I'm dancing because I know the God of this season. And I'm acting like the season that I'm going into. I may be weak, but I'm going to be strong. I may be broke, but I'm going to be blessed. I may be tired, but I'm going to be refreshed. I may be going through a trial, but I'm going into a place of peace and provision. 
You, you, you can stand with me. I, I close with, I, I've heard this, this sermon preached many times about how the enemy looked at the people of God and said, kind of sarcastically, ha, sing us a song now. That's not what it says. I mean, I, I know what we're trying to say. I, I, I get it. The Babylonians said to them, would, would you sing us a song? If we, we slow down, the Babylonians are a type of the world's people. And the world's people were about to go through some of the same thing the church people were going into. The only difference is, is they didn't just have the high holy moment in the temple. They had heard about it, but they didn't have that. And they looked at them and say, hey, we're all about to go through some things. Could you sing us one of those songs? If we've ever needed to hear one of your songs, we need to hear it right now. They were saying, I worship 400 gods on the other side of the river in Babylon, and they never took care of a need. I've heard about your singing. I've seen your joy. And I would require of you a song because we're all going through the same thing. And the things that I've been worshiping has never done anything for me. And we've heard about the God that you serve. If there was ever a time that the world needs to hear the church find their song and not let seasonal worship become an attribute of our life, it's right now. There are people on your job, in your neighborhood, down the street, and family members that are watching you, what you're going through, and saying, I wonder if they'll sing now. I wonder if they'll worship now. I wonder if they'll shout now. I wonder if they'll celebrate now. There are people that seen your post about your doctor's report and going, hmm, I wonder if things are going to change now. There's people that know about your kids, and they're looking at you going, I wonder if they're going to keep on worshiping now like they did before. They know what's happened at work to you, and they're looking at you going, hmm, I wonder if they still got a song now. But I wonder if there's just a body of believers on a Sunday morning saying, you know what? Seasonal worship is just something I'm just going to do in every season. I'm not hanging it up. The only thing I'm going to hang up is the spirit of heaviness, and I'm going to pick up the garment of praise, and I'm not never trading that garment back in for anything else. I wonder if any believers right now that say, God, search my heart right now. Search my mind right now. If there have been weights or spirits or distractions or heaviness that's been robbing me of my worship and my praise. Deliver me right now. Go ahead and speak over yourself right now. Prophesy to yourself right now. I know you don't feel like it right now, but I am going to. I know I'm not going through something right now that would promote it, but I'm going to shout. I'm going to dance. I'm going to leap. I'm going to run. I'm going to lift my hands. I'm going to lift my voice. I will rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say... Come on, just about 30 more seconds of prayer. Just get all the junk out right now. Because worship needs a little revelation. So go ahead and make room for that revelation right now. Remove doubt out of me. Remove fear out of me. Remove worry out of me. Remove complacency out of me. Prepare me to be a worshiper. Sorry for the things that I've made it. I'm getting back to the heart of it right now. I'm clearing things out of the way. It's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you. Come on, 
Hey, I, I, I close. I close with this right now. We're going. We're just going to begin to worship all over this house. When David brought the ark of the Lord back into the land after it had been in Obadiah's house, and we don't have time to go through all of that. The scripture says that he got out in front of the ark of God. What that means is he was not behind it, right? He was in front of it. The scripture says that every six paces he stopped and sacrificed and he worshiped the Lord with all his might. Every six paces he stayed in front. What that means is he didn't follow the ark home. His praise was not based off of what he saw going to his house. He ushered it home. That, that ark represented the miracles of God, the presence of God. David ushered it home. He didn't follow it home. And sometimes the reason we become seasonal worshipers is because we get behind what God's going. Oh, yeah, I see you, Lord. I see what you're doing. I'm going to worship this all the way back to my house because I see that you're moving in my direction. But David said, I don't have to look at it anymore. I know where it's going. And I'm going to usher it back to my house. I'm going to usher in miracles, signs, and wonders back to my house. If you want to become somebody that can worship in every season, you've got to get out in front of the ark of God and say, I'm not waiting on you and I'm not waiting on you and I'm not waiting on anybody else. I'm not even waiting on God right now. I'm going to usher God into my life and into my home. And that's what praise does. When you start saying, I don't see the miracle yet. I don't see the provision yet. I don't see the change report yet. But I'm going to worship you till it moves into my house. I wonder right now, whatever you feel like doing right now, leaping, dancing, shouting, running, lifting hands, lifting voice, kneeling, you can worship. I wonder if anybody begin to join me right now in praise and just get out in front. Is there any Davids in the house that say, it ain't home yet, but we're headed that direction. The revival and harvest, it all ain't here like we've been looking for, but it's on the way. It's on the way. The miracle is on the way, and I'm going to praise him till it shows up. Come on, somebody. Lift your voice. Lift your hands. Lift your heart. If you need the Holy Ghost, you can lift your hands and worship your way into the presence of the Lord right now. You need a miracle? Come on. Come on. Come on. Maybe you don't need to do it by yourself, but connect with somebody and worship. We're going to praise until we see God in this season.
worship. All of my, all of my worship. Father, receive my, receive my worship. All of my worship. You, Lord, you are worthy. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's continue to worship him. Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you in this place, God.
Lord, I adore you. Lord, I praise your name. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, let the Lord have his way as you begin to worship him, as you begin to praise him, as you just give him the honor. He will inhabit you. He will consume you. He will strengthen you. He will lift you up. He will give you the strength that you need in this hour. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 We adore you. We adore you. We adore you. Oh, God. I pray that this worship uh, and this praise uh, that we give to you, Lord, uh, we will continue to give to you. Uh, we will continue to give to you. Uh, in our cars, uh, we will worship you. Uh, in our homes, uh, we will worship you. Uh, on our jobs, we will worship you. Uh, in our school, we will worship you, Lord God. Uh, for you deserve all the praises. Uh, and we worship you, Lord God. Uh, for, Lord, we want your presence uh, to consume us. Uh, we want your presence to overshadow us. We want your presence, oh God, to be magnified in our life. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh yes, Lord. Oh yes, Lord. Oh yes, Jesus. church. God is good, church. He sent a man of God all the way from Olive Branch, Mississippi, that didn't know anything about you, to minister to you. We heard from heaven. We heard from heaven today. God spoke to us. Let's thank him today. Let's thank God for speaking to us. Let's thank God for just ministering to us. For his goodness, for his kindness. Oh, hallelujah. Worship. It's not seasonal. Or you can say we worship in every season. <laughs> we don't worship when we feel like it. As a matter of fact, we need to make an emphasis that every time I don't feel like worship, I'm going to make a point to worship. Huh? Every time I don't feel like it, that's my cue to say, oh, it's time to worship. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's clap our hands and thank him today. Thank you, Pastor Ryan Vanderford. Thank you for ministering to us. Thank you for coming to New Jersey. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. If there's anyone here today, you've never given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, and you want to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, it's a process. But it begins with you making a decision to say, I want to give my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. It starts with a decision. And if you will make a decision today to say, I want to give my life to the Lord, God will be able to help you in your walk, in your decision to say, I want to be a child of God. Is there anyone today? Anyone? You want to give your life to God? Amen. Come on, Derek. Hallelujah. Josh was baptized in Jesus' name not long ago. We're going to pray for him that God will strengthen him because 
When you give your life to God, let me explain this to you, Josh, and to you, Derek. When you give your life to God, when you surrender to God, obviously, as the preacher just said today, the devil wants you to just regret what you have done and and try to make you feel like you can't measure up and make you feel like you can't do it. I've heard people come to church and said to me, Pastor, I want to give my life to God today, but I just know that when I leave here, I'm not going to do right. I love that statement. That's a statement that the devil put in our heart. And what the devil is telling you is you need to try to live for God on your own strength, which none of us can do that. So by making the statement that, oh, pastor, I don't know if I should give my life to the Lord because I'm just going to go out there and mess up. What you're saying is it's going to all be up to me. And to live for God is not all up to you. Yes, you got to make a decision. Yes, you need to be obedient. But some of the things that will be done in your life, God has to do that. And the most important thing that's going to happen in your life, God has to do that. So by surrendering to God, don't let the voice of the devil come in and tell tell you, well, you know you're just going to go out there and do something wrong. Say, I don't care what you say, devil. I'm giving my life to Christ. And I'm going to let God have his way in my life. And guess what? You want to hear the good news? And if I mess up, if I happen to mess up, devil, I'm just going to repent of my sins. I'm going to ask God to forgive me. I'm going to ask God to help me. And God will. And I'll just get right back on track. But I'm not looking back. Josh, you got baptized. You had a little bit of challenges there. We're going to pray for you today. Derek, your decision starts by saying you want to give your life to God. That's what you're saying now. You have to repent of your sins. You have to get baptized in Jesus' name. God will fill you with his spirit. You have to live a holy and righteous life moving forward, and God will help you. And the most important thing, just continue to praise him. Just continue to worship him, no matter what your situation is. You just heard the word today. So you're going to give your life to God, and you're going to make sure, no matter what you go through, you're going to praise him, because God will be with you. God will move in your life and strengthen you. I feel the power of God. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray for Derek and let's pray for Josh. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for these men that have made a decision to surrender their life. To say, I want to be a child of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to live holy and righteous. I want to have a relationship with the Lord. I want to be saved. I want to know Jesus for myself. And I want to live a life of praise and worship unto him. I know I won't be perfect, but I know one thing. I will trust in the Lord with all my heart. And I will not lead to my own understanding. But in all my ways, I will acknowledge him that he might direct my path. Father, give them the strength today. God, touch them from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet that they will be transformed never to be the same again, Lord. I pray your will to be done in their life, Lord God. I command all the strongholds to loose them and to set them free, the invisible chains to be broken, and oh God, for them to be liberated in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let's worship the Lord. Let's praise him today. Come on, man. Let's thank the Lord today. Let's bless the name of Jesus today. Hallelujah. Make sure you all talk to Derek and get, get, his time, get him scheduled for baptism, please. Hallelujah.
you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Did Brian leave? Brian left out. Amen. We had another guest that came to be with us. Brian. Amen. Brian Peterson. We thank God for him. Amen. Let's stand together as we pray, as we go. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your word. We thank you for sending Ryan Vanderford to us, Lord God. Now, Lord, we ask that there will be a special anointing that will continue to be upon him, Lord God, and that you will increase his strength, Lord God, and you will refresh him and renew him. And I pray that 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 church that he leads, almighty God, that, Lord, they will experience a greater revival. They will experience a greater harvest. And I pray that you will open doors for them and that you will continue to show them your favor, that they will see, oh, God, a flow of the Holy Spirit where souls will be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the will of God to be done in that church, Lord. Bless that ministry. Bless this man. God and every person that came out today, those that are online, we pray the blessings of God in their life and that they will truly live that life that you've called them to. We thank you, we praise you, and we honor you. And all these things we pray. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye.